What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. And last time we started talking about discipline. If you remember the topics we talked about last time or the ideas around discipline we talked about last time, if you don't remember because you didn't listen, you should go back and listen. But there were two main ideas that came out of the last episode. Number one is that discipline actually equals freedom. Discipline is not this restrictive thing that we think keeps us away from all these things that we think are going to bring us happiness. We layer comfort on top of comfort, on top of comfort, on top of tasty food, on top of tasty drinks, on top of comfort. And when we do that, we think that that is what's bringing us happiness. And yet, we continue to get more and more depressed, we continue to get more and more unhappy, and we continue to get more and more sad. Just said the same thing three different ways, but nonetheless, you get the point. When we do that, when we think that it is living just a free-for-all kind of life, that that's what's going to bring us happiness, we actually end up on the other side of that. As Socrates told us, it is the things that make us eat when we're not hungry and drink when we're not thirsty that bring down our character, our stomachs, um, and our goodwill. Like those are the things that work against us. They're not the things that work for us. It's whenever we follow the structure of the game that we play the game with rules and we play the game well with rules. That's when we find freedom. That's when we find greatness. That's when we actually start to achieve the things that we want to achieve. The second idea that we talked about around discipline was that discipline starts first thing in the morning. It starts first thing in the morning. The minute that your alarm goes off and you choose right there to step forward into greatness or backward into safety, meaning you either choose to get out of bed or you choose not to, immediately, that moment is the moment that your day set. Your day has begun with this plan or without it, and that will dictate the way that the rest of the day is going to go. So with those two things in mind, what I want to talk about today is three disciplines that we can start to build into our life. In other words, three categories of disciplines that we can pay attention to so that we can start to achieve the things that we want to achieve. So many of us have a hard time uh, moving forward in our health and fitness. We can't make any progress. We do something for some amount of time. We make a little bit of progress and then we get bored and then we stop. Same thing with our relationships, same thing with our wealth. It's generally the same story over and over again. And a lot of it is wrapped around not just not having discipline. It's just not following through with the things that we're saying we're going to do. And I say this for, as a person who does this, by the way. I'm not, when I point one finger at you, I have three pointing straight back at me. So please understand that these words are coming out of a person's mouth that does the exact same things. Now, maybe not in the same areas as everybody else. Like I said in the last episode, like in health and fitness, I've been doing it for 20 years. So it is easier for me to follow through in that way. Not always. There are plenty of times where it's challenging, but it's easier for me, certainly. But I've been doing it a long time. So, but there are plenty of other areas where I definitely struggle, where I have have to pay a lot more of attention and where I lack, lack discipline, where I need to improve. So I say this as a person who also struggles in a lot of areas. 
So the three areas of discipline that we're going to talk about, three categories, if you will, um, come from the Stoic philosophy from 2,000 years ago. The Roman Stoics, the Greek Stoics, that brought forth a lot of the ideas that we, the philosophical ideas, (laughs) philosophical, I don't know what I was going to say, the philosophical ideas that we have today, a lot of them, I don't want to say most of them, but it's probably most of them come from Stoic philosophy from 2,000 years ago. So these three disciplines are very relevant today. When I say that it's from Stoic philosophy, it's not like, oh, that was 2,000 years ago. They don't have anything. It's, it's, all, it's all the exact same. What you find whenever you look at history, well, one of the main things that you find when you look at history is that we don't learn from history. I say the same thing about society, and I say the same thing about us as individuals. But what you also find is it's the same thing over and over again. Human nature has not changed in 2,000 years, not even close. Hasn't changed in 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 years. It hasn't. The only thing that's changed is the environment and then how we basically adjust to the environment. That's the only thing that's changed. So these three disciplines are very, very, very relevant to our lives today. I'll tell you how they thought about them and then I'll relate it to how we can think about them today. So the first discipline is the discipline of desire and aversion. Okay, that's how the Stoic philosophers would define it. The discipline of desire and aversion. AKA, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. So that's the way that I like to think about it, or how you can think about it. So the Stoic philosopher Epictetus said, seek not for events to happen as you wish, but rather for them to happen as they do. We spend a lot of time thinking about, well, number one, being worried about events that could potentially happen in the future, number one. And number two, bemoaning events that have happened in our lives and being sad about them and being distraught about them and feeling sorry for ourselves about them. And in so doing, we tear down our character. We tear down our discipline. We tear down our willpower because we're basically saying that, oh, the world has done this thing to me. There's nothing I could have done about it. There's, there's no way for me to you know, change it. There's no way for me to do anything about it. And I, I'm going to sit here and feel sorry for myself. And that's the way that it is. And that's not to say that they're like everything in life, certainly most things in life we have no control over. That's true. And that's 90% of life. Like 90% of, of our lives, we literally have no control over. We have some, maybe a small amount, maybe a, maybe a modicum of it, but we have very little of it. But what Epictetus is telling us and what the Stoic philosophers are telling us is that when events happen, Instead of wishing for them to be a certain way, we should accept that they are the way that they are. Another way that Epictetus specifically says this is that we should endure and renounce. We should endure what you irrationally fear. In other words, irrationally fear for the future or irrationally fear that have happened. Like if you had a bad incident happen in your life, You've gone bankrupt, you spent your last dollar, 
you had a breakup, whatever. If you've had that happen, enduring that it happened, that like it had happened and enduring it instead of bemoaning it and then renouncing what you irrationally crave. And this goes back to the idea that Socrates told us about the things that make us eat when we're not hungry and the things that make us drink when we're not thirsty. We crave so much, so much in our lives because we're constantly seeking instant gratification and we are surrounded by things that give us instant gratification or promise to give us instant gratification and give us lots and lots of comfort. And these are most of most of it are things that we that really do us little to no good. Little to no good. So this is one of the things that Epictetus and the Stoic philosophers would tell us that renouncing that, in other words, letting go of those desires and working against those, working to reduce or eliminate those desires as much as possible. That's what's going to bring us the discipline. Discipline, the discipline is in letting go of irrational fears and letting go of the desires that we, the irrational desires that we have. Both of which are very challenging, both of which are day to day. They're not, it's not something that you just do. And I think that that's very important to think about and very important to like ingrain in your mind because we think that once we build whatever this is, once we build discipline, like then it's just something we just do and it's already built in and we don't have to think about it and then we just do it. But like willpower, discipline, motivation, all of those things are things that we, we, we need to work on every single day. We need to work on every single day. And that's important to remember as you're making these changes. And with this first discipline, which is very, very hard, desire and aversion, moving away from the things that we desire and um, moving away, enduring those irrational fears that we have, like very, very, very challenging. So that's when we start to make change in our lives, whenever we're understanding, like maybe things aren't the way that they are, the, the way that I think they are. Maybe things aren't the way that society tells me that they are. Maybe, just maybe, this thing is actually supposed to be hard and challenging. Maybe, just maybe, like I'm, I'm supposed to put effort into this. John is throwing things. I'm supposed to put effort into this every day. And that's the way that it is. It's not something you're just going to all of a sudden have, and that's that. It takes moment to moment to moment discipline. Okay, so that's discipline number one of desire and aversion, or what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Okay, discipline number two is the discipline of action. Of action, a.k.a. doing the hard thing when it's the right thing to do. That quote came directly from Robert Sapolsky, who is a professor at Stanford, I believe. At any rate, uh, doing the hard thing when it's the right thing to do. So many of us struggle with the actions that it takes in, to move forward in any part of our, not any, but a lot of part of our lives. Some of us have certain areas nailed down and we got them figured out. 
health and fitness, like I said, when it comes to health and fitness for me, like generally speaking, like if I want to plug something in, I, I can do it. Sometimes it's a struggle, but most of the time I, I can do it. But for other areas, like for building strong relationships, as an example, um, there are some people out there who have no problem building strong relationships. It's something that they do very well. It's something that they can, they can grab somebody and they can have a, they can, you know, build a strong relationship with them. No problem. Um, whereas that's something that doesn't come quite as naturally to me. I'm a kind of a natural introvert. Uh, I kind of like to be by myself a lot. I don't think that I'm mean to people by any stretch, but, um, you know, just being a natural intro introvert, it's, challenging to put myself out to other people. So the relationship thing is something that, you know, other people might be able to do very well, but it's just not something that I have in the same way in your own life. There are certain actions that you take in certain areas that you can do. You got them. It's no problem. But the question is, what are the actions that you're missing that you say you want to make progress in this area of your life? but you're not making progress because you're not taking the actions that you say you're going to take. We need to be able to follow through on the actions that we say we're going to do. Um, when we take actions, the Stoic philosophers tell us that we should have three intentions in our mind whenever we take actions. Number one is that we should take any action with a reserve clause, with a reserve clause. And that reserve clause is fate permitting. Meaning, you take an action with the assumption that it's going to achieve an outcome. With the assumption that it's going to achieve an outcome. There is very rarely a certainty that you're going to achieve the outcome. Now, if I pick up this pen and I hit click and I start to write, I'm pretty certain that the pen's going to start to write. But the pen could have ran out of ink. Or maybe the click didn't work. Or maybe the pen just spontaneously explodes in my hand. Now that we'd have a problem because then I would only have one hand, and especially since that my right hand, like I'd have to figure a lot of things out, but you know, it's possible, but it's not probable, like probably not going to happen. Um, more likely that it actually runs out of ink or the click doesn't work. Nonetheless, I say all of that to say like most any action that we take, we're taking it assuming that there's going to be an outcome, but there's, there's a likelihood that we're not going to achieve the outcome. So the reserve cause is, I'll achieve this thing, fate permitting, as long as fate allows it to happen. I'm going to take this action, and I'm going to assume that it's going to move me closer to this goal, but it may not. And if it doesn't, all that means, literally all that it means, and John and I just had a conversation about this literally 30 minutes ago, all that it means is what? You just got to try something different. You just got to do something different. We take, whenever we do actions and we take actions and we don't achieve the thing immediately or pretty soon, we take it as failure. We take it as, well, I guess I'm just not the kind of person that can, you know, make this thing happen. But it's simply not the case. It's just that the action that you took did not do it. There's literally thousands of other things you could potentially do to get you moving forward to whatever you're trying to accomplish. And that's almost in anything. Like the, the idea that I've tried everything, which is a complete and blatant lie, just because you tried three things doesn't mean you tried everything. Like 
I, that, that is literally feedback that I get regularly about nutrition. Well, I've tried everything. Okay, well, what have you tried? Well, um, I tried the keto diet, and then I tried, I don't know, fasting. Okay, what else have you tried? Well, that's all I've tried. Okay, you literally name two things that are arbitrary names for arbitrary kind of diets. Like, it, what have you tried? You haven't tried anything. You haven't done anything. The only thing that you've done is these two diets that have been created by society to tell you that you, this is what you need to do in order to lose weight. Actually, the keto diet was to help epilepsy, but that's another story. Nonetheless, like, and fasting was not created to lose weight. Fasting has been around for a long period of time. Um, anyway, the action is simply the action. It is not the outcome. If the action didn't work, you need to move on to the next thing and you need to try the next thing. So the reserve clause is very important. Okay. Um, the second intention that we need to lead with whenever we're taking action is that the actions are actions. Most of our actions, almost all of our actions, most of our actions are dedicated to a single target with a single purpose, a single target with a single purpose. So this is where we expand more on the, um, idea of doing things for the sake of humankind and not just for the sake of ourselves. A lot of us take action strictly for the sake of ourselves, which, which is important. Like you need to be healthy, well, happy, all of that before you can start to help other people. I totally agree with that. I totally believe that like, if you're not at your full capacity, it's hard for you to give people and help other people be at their full capacity. And yet, making the shift from just your own internal drive to doing things for the sake of the universe and everything, every person in the universe is completely different. And when I say universe, like you don't have to literally think universe, although you may, which is what the way that I think, but people think I'm weird. Um, but it can just be like your spouse, not just your spouse is important. It can be your spouse. It can be your immediate family. Uh, I gave the example of coach Taylor during her interview talking about wanting to be able to move around with her nieces and nephews and her future children. Like you take actions with the idea of it being not only good for you, but good for the people around you. Good for mankind, good for the universe, good for everybody. And everybody can be as big or as small as you want it to be, again. But when you start to shift your mindset around why you're taking action, then it actually becomes more sustainable. It feels overwhelming, but we are people of community. We are people who need people. You Literally, no man is an island. Like nobody, not a single person ever. Uh, Alexandria, Alexandria the Great, that's not right. Alexander the Great. If you don't know who Alexander the Great is, go look him up. From 2,500 years ago, conquered the world by the age of like 32. Died at the age of 32 after having conquered the known world, I'll say. Conquered the known world by the age of 32. And we talk about Alexander the Great. But that dude did not take his one sword with just him and go conquer the world. That dude had the sacrifice like how many men, men at the time, how many people sacrificed their lives for him to be able to do that? 
like how many people were around him, how many people did he use, how many soldiers, how many uh, lieutenants, so on and so forth. I'm certain hundreds of thousands. So no man can do anything on their own. Not a single human being on this earth. Nobody, anybody, nobody. So with that understanding, taking action with the understanding that if you take action, not only for yourself and your own good, but also for the good of everybody around you, that is that makes it more sustainable because that, like, we're all here on earth together. Like, why would we not take action for the good of mankind? So, sorry, I kind of like went down a deep, somewhat arbitrary, not arbitrary, but a deep rabbit hole there. But um, I'm going to take a drink to refresh myself and uh, realign myself before we get going again. So that is the second intention that we should lead with. And now I'm going to get to the third intention because we have another discipline also to go over. Um, the third intention that we should leave, lead with whenever we're taking actions is that our actions should be done with practical wisdom and justice, dealing fair, fairly with others. Practical wisdom and justice and dealing fair, fairly with others. So what does that mean? Again, that's the way that Stoic philosophers would tell us how does that translate into our lives. <clears throat> One way to think about this is, um, well, here's an example. Here's an example, and then I can expand on it. So I'm a big believer that nothing should be said unless you, you shouldn't say anything unless you have a structured way to say it unless you can say it and you know what you're talking about and you can go into the reason of why that you think the way that you think in other words many of us say opinions or have opinions on things we know the analogy of everyone has an opinion blah 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 blah, blah. like we all have opinions on things and yet all of us don't have informed opinions on things we, what we have is other per people's opinions on things. As an example, the nutrition thing. Why did you take, why did you do the keto diet? Well, my aunt did the keto diet. Okay, who's your aunt? Well, she's just a person. She's an accountant. Why are you listening to your accountant aunt who did the keto diet? Well, because she had success, success with it. Okay, that's kind of a reason, but like, all, you, all you're doing is taking her opinion that it's a good diet and then transferring it to yourself, but not giving yourself any knowledge as to why it's a good diet. And that's the same thing that goes with politics. It's the same thing that goes with saving money. It's the same thing that goes with spending money. It's the same thing that goes with buying things. It's the same thing that goes with exercise programs. Same thing that goes with anything in life. The vast majority of the opinions that are out there are just other people's opinions recycled. Instead of having the wisdom behind the opinion, having the wisdom of why you actually have the thing in the first place. So to go back to what we're talking about here with actions done with practical, uh, with wisdom and justice, wisdom, having the wisdom as to why you're taking the action instead of just taking the action blindly or because someone else told you to is important. And then doing it, dealing fairly with others. And that goes straight back to the idea of dealing with everybody 
because we are on one earth, because it is mankind, and because we are literally, literally all brothers and sisters. We're literally all brothers and sisters. And if we don't deal with each other well, then that's on us, and we will be not in a good space sooner than later. And that's just the way of it. So having, having wisdom behind your actions is very important. And if you start to understand why you're taking the actions that you're taking instead of just taking them blindly, not only will you hold yourself more accountable and be responsible for your actions, but you'll also make them more sustainable and more impactful, which is, I think, what we're after. I think that's what we're after. I'm not saying that that's what you need to be after is to have an impact necessarily, but I think that that's what a lot of people want in life is to have an impact, whatever that is, big or small, doesn't matter. Um, so those are the three intentions that we should lead our actions with. Reserve clause, um, single target with a common purpose, and then done with practical wisdom, dealing fairly with others. Which brings us to the last discipline that we need to build into our lives. So we've talked about the discipline of desire and aversion. We've talked about the discipline of action. The last discipline is the discipline of judgment. The discipline of judgment, AKA, don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. So that fool quote is, the goal is to not fool yourself and you're the easiest one to fool. That comes from Richard Feynman. He was an astrophysicist, I believe, from, or maybe just a physicist. Just a physicist, silly guy. Um, <laughs> at any rate, um, he was a very smart human being from a couple decades ago, 1970s and 80s, something to that effect. Um, the goal is to not fool yourself, and yet you're the easiest one to fool. So that is the discipline of judgment. That's the premise of the discipline of judgment. Uh, as the Stoic philosophers would say more uh in a more expanded version, is refusing to accept all representations other than those that are objective and adequate. So it's refusing to accept representations simply means your emotions and feelings or thoughts or anything, any judgments that come through your head, um, other than the ones that are objective or adequate. In other words, other than the ones that you find to be rational and true, rational and true, due to, based on the wisdom that you have. So again, a lot of us have, take other people's opinions and we just connect them to us. We just adapt them to ourselves. We take this person's opinion on politics and now that's my opinion. And then I take that person's opinion on health and now that's my opinion. And then I take this person's opinion on building, uh, building wealth and now it's my opinion. Instead of empowering ourselves with the wisdom to not knowledge and wisdom to understanding why those things are the way they are. Like, why should I be weight training? Why, like, why is that the best thing that I should be doing for my health? Which it is, but you should figure out why that it is. Um, in that context, the Stoic philosophers again would tell us that we should have two things. Number one, freedom of rashness and run, number two, freedom of error. Freedom of rashness is the freedom of irrational thoughts and emotions. A lot of us attach our emotions so hard to the experience that we have. And we think that, we believe that our emotions are 
the thing. But our emotions are just emotions. They're just whatever intuitively crept up in us, and it's up for us to decide whether or not we want to do anything with them. Just because your coworker told you that you're a dumb person and you got angry about it doesn't mean you need to be angry about it. It just means that that's what happened. You got angry for a second, but then it's up for you to choose whether or not you get angry. The question is, does, is getting angry productive? Is that useful? Does that help with anything? If you go blow up on them, what does that do? Is that helpful? Is that useful? Or does it just make you feel good? Because now your egos feels better because, well, I showed them. Like, what, what is your emotion actually doing for you? Is it doing anything for you if you use it? If the answer is no, if the rational answer is no, then why use it? If the rational answer is yet, yes, then maybe it makes sense to. So freedom of rashness is not allowing irrational emotions, thoughts, feelings, any of it to grab you and then pull you in any direction because so many of us are controlled by our emotions instead of us controlling them, just like our phones. But that's a different story. Um, so that's one way that we can start to shift our judgment so that we can be not fooling ourselves as opposed to fooling ourselves. Okay. Freedom of error, on the other hand, is examining our thoughts and emotions and recognizing, recognizing what is actually useful or not useful or indifferent for that matter, which is most things. How much time do you spend in a day thinking about your thoughts or thinking about the emotions that you have or thinking about the beliefs that you have or thinking about the things that creep up whenever you're around somebody? Like you get around somebody and you get this anxious feeling like, why is that happening? The more time you spend paying attention and thinking about the thoughts and feelings and emotions that you have, the more you can start to recognize the errors of your ways. And it's not to say, again, this is not me saying like, oh, everyone, all human beings are, you know, driven by their emotions, but I'm not. Again, one finger pointing at you, three, th three fingers pointing right, right back at me. It is to say that we are, it is very easy to get driven by our emotions. I used to be a person very driven by anger, very driven by anger. If you ask anybody who knew me before the age of, say, 28, 27, maybe, um, and it's not to say that, again, it doesn't happen from time to time, but I would say that most people who know me now would not expect that at all. Maybe not at all, but they'd be totally surprised to say that I used to get irate about things, punching walls, L luckily not punching people most of the time. Unless they punch me first. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't think I, <laughs> I'm the, I don't know that I've actually been in a fight in a long time. That's not the point. The point is like, I get it. Like, it's tough overcoming those things. And yet, like, all the anger that I used to have, all of the anger that I used to let out on people, be that berating. And, and I don't think that I would like totally berate, but like, just like getting angry with somebody in general, like, how useful is it? How useful is it to actually follow through with the emotion? 
And if the answer really actually is not useful, then there's no point <laughs> in letting it control you because that's all that it's doing. That's literally all that it's doing. So that's the discipline of judgment is not fooling yourself, not fooling yourself with your thoughts, your emotions, your current beliefs, current beliefs, which are all just current beliefs. They're not real. They're only the things that you currently believe. Um, and then examining them regularly to decide whether or not they're useful or not. And that's it. That's all you got to do is those three things. Aversion and desire and action and judgment, and you're good to go. Once you got those down, you're set. Um, no, but seriously, here's a quick, quick overview of those things again. Don't give me that look. <laughs> um, the discipline of desire and aversion. Remember, we need to endure what we rationally, irrationally fear, and we need to renounce or let go of what you irrationally crave. We only crave the things because we've learned to crave them, and we only fear the things because we've irrationally learned to fear them. The discipline of action. The discipline of action. Remember our three intentions that we need to lead with whenever we're taking any action. The reserve clause, which is fate permitting. It'll happen if it happens, but if it doesn't, then I need to change my action. Um, dedicated to a single target and purpose, hopefully for the whole of mankind or the closest people around you, and then done with practical wisdom and dealing fairly with others. Have some wisdom backing your actions instead of simply taking action blindly because someone told you you should do it. Lastly, the discipline of judgment, which is can be wrapped up in the quote, the goal is to not fool yourself, and yet you're the easiest one to fool. If we lead with, if we strive for freedom of rashness or irrational thoughts and emotion and freedom of error or thinking about and examining our thoughts and emotions regularly so that we can understand them and not have errors down the road, then we can start to have better discipline of judgment. And when you do all of this over time, over time, then you can become the kind of person who is leading life purposefully instead of you become the kind of person who doesn't let life happen to you. You're making life life happen for you, which is the goal. Um, that's all I have for today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Without you hitting the subscribe button, we are not able to grow and share the word. And until next time, my friends, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.